0: Welcome to First Presbyterian Church in North Palm Beach, Florida. We exist to help people pursue and share gospel driven lives. We hope whether you're investigating faith, a seasoned follower of Jesus, and anywhere in between, this podcast helps you connect with Jesus. I'm going to invite you to turn to Psalm 67, and we're going to read this psalm and then have a discussion, conversation lecture about God's global missions so let us uh, hear God's word may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that your ways may be known on earth your salvation among all nations may the peoples praise you God may all the peoples praise you May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. The land yields its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. May God bless us still so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. We live in a global world. More and more, we continue to be a world where global connections are made possible and easy. Travel can happen where we can connect with people in places, and it's very easy to do so. Universities have study abroad programs where students can live and study in a global context. The global economy allows for increased globalization in business. And more and more, our world is no longer a a focus that is small, but we live in a global context. And also, in a more concerning context, one of the things that's happening in our world is the refugee crisis. Where the displacement of people from their homes and their countries and they're having to move to new places across borders is occurring. Statistics from World Vision suggest that there are approximately 110 million people in our world that have had to leave their homes and live in a place they would not choose to live in. Just recently, I was in Turkey and I got to interact with Persian speaking people from Iran who are refugees there. They don't wanna be in Turkey. The Turkish people aren't exactly excited that they're living there. And they live in a very vulnerable situation where at any time they could be deported back to the country that they came from. But this idea of global connectedness and a global context is not and should not be new to those who are people of faith we follow a god who is a global god and we as his people have been given a mandate to be people who are global people a global vision to connect with the nations of the world in fact our faith the christian faith is a faith that is considered to cross boundaries and to cross borders and to geographically be um, all over the world. I'd like to take a look at what the Bible teaches us about that and then take a few moments to consider at First Pres what that means for us. In Genesis chapter 12, when God comes to Abraham and makes a covenant with him, when God initiates his rescue plan for the world, God says to Abram, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those that bless you, and I will curse those that curse you. And all the people of the earth will be blessed through you. When God initiates his rescue of the world, the ultimate goal that he states here in in the early part of the Bible, is that all the people of the earth is his focus. That is continued throughout all the Old Testament, and then we enter the New Testament, where Jesus gives his people, the church, their commission. Go and make disciples of all nations. Jesus says to his disciples, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, your neighborhoods. You will be my witnesses in Judea and Samaria, the region where you live. And ultimately, you will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. Again, the church is to have a focus that is a global focus, a focus on all the peoples of the world. And then at the end of Scripture in Revelations chapter 5, where John is writing about his vision of the end times, he says about the lamb on the throne, who is Jesus, you have, through your blood, you have purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nations. And you have made them a kingdom. And you have made them priests to serve our God. A little bit later in Revelation the vision is that all the nations will come and worship before God and at the end of Revelations all the nations will walk by the light of the Lamb from the beginning of scripture throughout the entirety of scripture the people of God are to be ultimately focused and have been given the mandate to not only care about what happens in our cities or in our neighborhoods, but also we are to care about what happens to nations and to people and to be involved with people throughout a global context. Sometimes in the church, it becomes an either or thing. We should focus on local. We don't need to be worried about what's going on around the world. And sometimes people are like, well, we should be worried about the world, but not local. What I want you to see is that scripture gives the mandate. It's both and, not either or. Our commission as a church, something that we have lived into, something that has been important to us through the 60 years of our history, that we're to be a church not only for the people of North Palm Beach, not only for the people of Palm Beach County, not only for the people that live throughout Florida or the United States, but we are to be a church that are committed to and concerned about all the nations of the world. As we read our psalm for today, we're reminded of this song that was sung in the worship of God's people as a reminder of this. In fact, one of the uh, commentaries that I was reading about Psalm 67 is that this was actually in many liturgies of churches around the world. That They would end their worship service talking about and asking for God to be gracious to us so that God's ways may be known on the earth and his salvation amongst all the people. Historically, in the liturgy of God's church, this mandate has been something that has been lifted up and that has been encouraged for God's people to live into. Our God is a global God. Our God is concerned about all people. Our God wants his good news to be proclaimed to all nations, God's rescue plan was to work through his people so that all the nations of the earth would be blessed. People from every tribe, every people, every tongue, and every nation. And the culmination of this mission would be the worship of God. Uh, John Pipers uh, has talked a lot about the goal of mission is, is the worship of God. And that the, the nations when they hear and, and see and experience God, that they want to come and rejoice over God's greatness. And so it is, it is the worship that we see in Revelation that is the culmination of God's rescue. And that culmination is this multicultural worship so that all nations of the world will come together. All people of the world will gather around the throne and be singing together. This is the vision that we are to live into as God's people. You know, whenever we gather now and worship in a context that is different than just our own, we get a little bit of a glimpse of what heaven will look like and what this vision will look like that God has talked about in Revelation chapter and in, in the book of Revelation actually I mentioned I was just in Istanbul and had the opportunity to teach for a week um, with our mission partner, PARS, and I I was able to teach a group of leaders um, who are living in Turkey and who gather together in order to be trained theologically and biblically um, so that they might lead the church of Persian-speaking people both back in Iran, as well as in the diaspora of the Iranian people spread throughout the world. One of the things that we did every morning and every evening is that we were led in worship by a local Iranian church um, that is in Istanbul. And being the only um, Westerner in the room, I had no idea what we were singing. Um, Farsi is a quite unusual language. Um, I know that you read from right to left, so I at least could pretend I was following along with the songs, but it was an amazing experience to, um, to sing praises in a language that I did not know, to witness God's people um, worshiping in a language that I did not know. And what I was struck by was the fact that you don't have to understand the words To understand the passion that was there. The emotion and the feeling of people who um, follow God at the risk of their own lives. People who have spent time in prison because of their faith. People who are, are refugees in another country because they simply believe in Jesus. It was an amazing opportunity to be in this worship experience. And as I sat there day after day after day. Um, and and experience this I I actually started thinking about Revelation 5 and thinking wow this is what we have to look forward to only it won't be just a small room full of people it will be uh, the, the heavens filled around the throne it won't just be Farsi speaking people and one American it will be people from every tribe and every nation our God is a global God And he is on the move in our world today. You know, geographically, since um, if you follow through scripture, the center of Christianity has shifted through history. And what began in the the Middle East and, and the place where Jesus walked and ministered, it shifted to other places in that region it eventually shifted to what is called the global west Europe and the United States and recently we have been living in a time where the center of Christianity has shifted again it is now what is considered to be the global south the nations that are in Asia in Africa in South America the center of Christianity is now the global south. While the number of followers in the Western world are diminishing, the number of followers in Asia and Africa and South America are rising exponentially. Our God is a global God and through the history of the church, he continues to expand to reach all nations In all people and we as followers of Jesus are privileged to be a part of the work that God is doing in the world in this psalm it's a prayer that that is to be prayed and and the the basic idea of it is going back to Genesis chapter 12 where God says to Abraham I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing for the nations. And so at the beginning of this Psalm it, it, it picks up the blessing from Numbers uh, where God has instructed Aaron the priest to bless his people. May the Lord bless you and may he keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you, may he be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. That is a prayer for God's people that comes from Numbers chapter 6. The beginning of this psalm picks up part of that, that, part of that blessing. Only it shifts in, instead of the, the respondents saying, may the Lord bless you. It shifts and asks God to bless us. And it gives us a picture of all of God's people praying a prayer of blessing. God, may you be gracious to us. May you show us kindness. May you show us favor. May you bless us. And may you make your face to shine upon us. Ultimately, when, whenever in scripture it talks about the face of God, the idea is if God turns his face away, you're in trouble. But if God looks upon you, there is favor. So this is a prayer that asks God... God, look at us. We want a face-to-face relationship with you. That's ultimately what it means to be blessed. To be in a, a relationship with God based on his grace. Not that we have to earn it, not that we deserve it, not that we have to work hard for it. The relationship that we have with God is a gracious one where God simply comes to us God always comes first in the relationship and we respond to him. We respond to his grace. When God turns his face upon us, we respond in kind. And so this is a prayer of asking God to bless us. Now I want to make a quick side note here. This isn't the type of prayer where the the people who uh suggests the prosperity gospel where blessing equals finances, where blessing equals God I wanna succeed, I wanna be blessed, I want you to give me money. This isn't the kind of prayer where it's like you just have, a have enough faith and God wants to give you this and you just pray the right way and God will do it. Blessing is way more than just finances. Blessing is having peace. Blessing is um, having an attitude of obedience to God. Blessing comes because uh, God gives us skills that we can use, or God gives us gifts that we can use. And yes, blessing does involve finances, but it is way bigger than that. And so the prayer is like Genesis chapter 12, where, where we would pray, God bless us as a church so that we can be a blessing to others. That's what the whole stewardship process is about. God, you have blessed us so that we can bless our neighbors or we can bless our community or we can bless the inner city. But even more than that, it also includes God bless us So that we can bless the nations. So that your ways may be known among all people. Your salvation to all the nations. Blessing is never just an end of itself. Blessing without mission is selfish. To expect God to bless us without mission is self-centeredness. The prayer that we are that is modeled for us here is a prayer asking for blessing so that we can have an impact that reaches the ends of the earth. And that has been something that First Pres has held strongly to throughout all of our existence. Early on in the life of this church, I'm not even sure the church was actually looking for it, but God said, you know what, First Prez, I'm going to like push you into this um, worldwide ministry. And God sent us a person, Dr. Bill Duke. Some of you might remember him. We, we hired him part-time. He was a retired pastor. He retired at 65 years old, which I just have to say he had to. And I used to think, man, that's pretty old. And now I'm thinking like, wow, that's pretty young. (laughs) So uh, I apologize to Dr. Duke. So we hired him to do visitation for us. But man, did he do so much more for this church. He came with global relationships with people who were connected in a number of ways around the world. And Dr. Duke modeled for us global engagement. He loved the people that he was connected to. And he prayed for the people that he was connected to. And eventually he invited this church to start supporting a few of the people that he was connected to. And that opened the door to global engagement for this congregation. A little bit later, we had a few folks go on a mission trip to Quito, Ecuador. I think that was our first mission trip. Some, some of you guys with better memories might disagree, but as of right now, that was our first mission trip where we went to support and, and serve with um, HCJB Radio as they broadcast the good news um, around various parts of the world. That led to a visit in Guatemala and other mission trips to the Dominican Republic and to Haiti. We got involved in building a school in a small town, Chichi Castanengo. And that became probably our first major project in terms of serving God's people around the world. That led to open doors being invited to go to Cuba. And then when we transitioned into ECO in order to fulfill ECO's um, encouragement and value of being a, a church planting congregation, our first step was to begin church planting around the world. So we started partnering with pastors in Berlin that led to then partnering with a pastor in Athens, Greece. You saw him on the video today which then led to us encouraging Julio Chang to be trained by city to city as a church planter. And he is now planting two churches in Lima, Peru. And then eventually that led to a connection in Havana and in Cuba where we are involved in church planting there. God opened the doors for us in all of these situations. Someone has suggested uh, to, uh, to once to say, Look around at where God is at work and then get involved there. We didn't decide necessarily where we wanted to do, what we wanted to do or where. God invited us and opened doors for us so that we could get involved on a global level. And while this has been where we've been in the past, I want to end by just saying a couple things about where we have to go in the future. Right now, the fastest growing church in the world is the Iranian church. God is moving in the Iranian world. And today they suggest that there are over a million of these uh, Persian-speaking people that are followers of Jesus, both in country as well as spread throughout the world, mostly in diaspora communities around Europe. We get to be involved with that church through our partnership with pars I want you to remember that word pars and the training of leaders in the persian speaking world we have been able to send students and to support ministry of leadership training just recently i was there for a week and got to teach a group of iranian leaders and God is continuing to open doors for us to be involved in the Iranian world. And in fact, this next year, we will be taking a trip to Turkey and inviting some of you to come and to connect with Persian speaking people that are spread throughout that country. Think of it, 60 years ago, when a few people gathered here on this property and started this church, none of us would ever have imagined that one day we will be partnering with God in the work that's going on in the Persian speaking world. It's amazing that God has opened these doors for us. We're involved in churches around the world in Athens and Lima and Berlin and Havana, all of these places reaching people who are not church people in countries that have never been particularly churched countries. We are sending college students to Athens to serve as interns, to get experience in a global context. And so the future of our global mission commitment is ready to burst, I believe. And you and we are invited to be a part of that. I want to encourage you to read through psalm 67 and ask god to show you where your global connection can make a difference with the technology available in our world today you can be in touch with global christians around the world i message pastor ulysses in havana every day i message pastor alex in athens at least once a week And what what I get to do, you also could get to do. As you go on trips, as you connect with global Christians and as you build relationships with them. And ultimately that is the key. This is what I believe. Revelation says that one day we're gonna worship with people from all around the world. Why wait? Let's start now. Let's connect with sisters and brothers. Let's have an impact in places around the world where God is at work. Let's start now to live into this picture of people of every tribe and nation and tongue worshiping around the throne. That's the invitation for First Pres into the future. Amen. Thanks for joining us at FPC. For more info and to connect with us, check out www.firstpreznpb.org.